All right, I'm looking for something that's kind of like Batman and kind of like Thundercats, but also has the voice of Keith David. Oh, Coraline. Oh, wait, no. I mean, Gargoyles. It's in the basket, the writer's bagel basket. It was a world of fear. It was the age of Gargoyles. Stone by day, warriors by night. We were betrayed by the humans we had sworn to protect. Frozen. Tear me apart, Lisa! Snap out of it! You owe me 15 grand, pal. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Don't be mean. We don't have to be mean. Because, remember... No matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Ritter's Bagel Basket. We are in 90s November, and it is all Disney tunes and Disney Channel shit all month long. And joining me for Gargoyles is Ashley, 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 Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Rogers. I did that for... I did that for Lil's back in Clone High in the Clone High episode, and she's like, I'm not ready for this. See, see, Lil's and I, I love Lil's, and like Lil's and I are just like polar opposites in a lot of ways. Like this, I was here for it. I was I was giving you the space to continue should you wanted to go further. Are so it's, you it's okay. ready to rumble? I am. I'm always ready. <laughs> so uh can I can I tell you how shocked I am that you picked gargoyles? as as your tune originally you picked stuff that was not in the 90s and I'm like those are great choices but we can't do them um and then i totally thought you were gonna do ducktales really t- see like i was never i never really grew up with ducktales like ducktales was on i was into it i am in love with the new ducktales that's like, why this- i thought you were gonna pick ducktales oh, well because- that was 90s <laughs> that was but now. i would i would have i would have accepted it because it technically came out in so, the 90s. So okay, I won't be mad because we get to talk about gargoyles. But oh, oh, you you. <laughs> you know, maybe for a future thing, maybe if you do well, 2000s if you do contemporary Disney. But that's like every me. other writer's pickle basket. That's I know. Every, yeah. <laughs> I will happily come back for contemporary DuckTales. That would be <laughs> animation that would be May. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well, I thought you were going to pick uh, uh DuckTales Treasure of the Lost Lamp. Did you I ever see that? that? One. What's that one? No. I, that's yeah, the movie. wasn't my thing. Oh. That's the movie with Christopher Lloyd as the bad guy. <laughs> I had no idea. And Rip Taylor as the genie of the lamp. <laughs> I love I love a good Rip Taylor, honestly. Rip, <laughs> Hi there. Oh, no, wait. I, I always think of Rip Torn. Never mind. I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. I'm thinking like no. Rip Torn as the genie. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm into that. That's fascinating. I'm doing an intergalactic kicker. <laughs> See, when I think of Rip Torn, I just get really sad now because you heard the story of how he, when he was going into dementia, when they figured it out, he accidentally broke into a bank thinking it was his house and they found him sitting in front of the vault and he's like, get out of my home. I actually did not hear about that story. Oh, It's so sad. It's the saddest thing. (laughs) So we've talked about everything but gargoyles at this point. 
point, but yes, yes, yes. No, like I'm I'm here for it. Gargoyles anyone... was a 1993 cartoon series that was created to compete with Batman because Disney uh, Afternoon, which if you were a kid in the 90s and you didn't know what Disney Afternoon was, you were living under a rock. It aired from 3 p.m. until 5 p.m. on UPN. That's how you knew it was big. It was on UPN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was DuckTales, Chippendales Rescue Rangers, Goof Troop, and depending on the time period, it was either Bonkers or Gargoyles. Gar- Gargoyles. Gargoyles. <laughs> I keep just wanting to pronounce it like the the like Nick Kroll and uh, uh, what's his jo- what's John his John Mulaney. The just like as, as I as I imagine they would. It's like oh yeah, the gargoyles. You know, you've seen the gargoyles. <laughs> <laughs> the gargoyles. Um, but it starred the voice talents of Mr. Keith David, and then basically the entire cast of Star Trek. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh and ed asner of all people <laughs> well it also it like and this is so funny like there's this recurring cast of uh secondary characters that come in one of them i can never remember his dang name i'm, I'm terrible at names people who listen to my other podcasts will know this i'm terrible at names but the guy who played the kurgan and mr krabs is- oh clancy brown Clancy Brown is in the show constantly, and I'm just like, con- I'm so here for just like random, like, oh hey, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> so, do you want to give us the TV guide rule uh, for the pilot of Gargoyles? You're in TV guide, and what's the little paragraph say to get ah. you? Ah, to- we had to create I- <laughs> this because of my dad. It will, it will probably, it will probably be very wrong, but um, a bunch of hulking beasts from old school Scotland wake up at night and realize that they are in the contemporary world and must adapt. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's pretty much it. <laughs> and okay. So we already mentioned Clancy Brown, but another person mm-hmm. from SpongeBob is one of the main characters. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Phil, Phil Fader Beckett. Yeah. Yes. Dobber. I, uh, yeah. I just remember people from what they did in the eighties into the nineties when I was a kid. It's like, yeah. What was his character in the stand? He was the. Oh, he was, that's right. He was the guy who saved the world. Yeah, Dauber saved the world. Uh, <laughs> but the craziest thing is, he's best friends with Clancy Brown and J.K. Simmons, and apparently they just hang out and drink beers. And that is a conversation that I just want to be part say, of. That's that's a hell of a group. That is a really yeah. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Hey, how's it going? Oh, yeah. Billy West is coming later. <laughs> so uh this was a five-part mini series like to get people to watch they they did it on a saturday morning as a tv movie if you had the disney channel you mm-hmm. could see it first on the disney channel and then later it went to upn and i i had a disney channel back in 94 so humble brag <laughs> i was gonna say fl- flashing that disney channel money yep yep i yeah. feel that i feel that uh-huh <laughs> we had a coupon um <laughs> no we, we had we had uh the special package where if you signed up for hbo they threw in uh disney channel and nickelodeon for free oh you signed up for hbo oh scott wow you're you're <laughs> yeah i was four years old and i signed no my my parents signed up. <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> so um, the craziest thing about this show is I, I, I am watching this now as an adult. This is my wife's favorite cartoon. It was her favorite cartoon. Growing Same. Up. Oh yeah. my god, no, like this is like this is how I got into Gargoyles. I actually didn't even watch it when growing while growing up. Like it popped on and I was like, oh okay, this seems all right. And like my wife has talked about this, and we've done a rewatch of it when they first put it on YouTube a couple of years ago. Uh and then like now with Disney Plus, where we rewatched again. Yeah, uh, Haley's yeah. three shows were this, Wishbone, and Avatar the Last Airbender. Did wait, are Diana and Haley just the same people? Like I've sure never seen them this? in the same room. Neither have I. <laughs> Mm, mm, okay. <laughs> so, Hashtag conspiracy confirmed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've also never seen Bigfoot or Santa Claus in the same room either. So, or can... either of our wives. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, the show growing up that I watched all the time during Gargoyles was Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. Like I've talked about it on this podcast, how much I think it is the greatest animated series ever made and then i started watching this i'm like could i be wrong <laughs> like okay like especially when you bring up the idea of, of batman versus gargoyles because like you were saying they were on either at the exact same time or similar three, enough time 3 30 like, p.m yeah every day and What's interesting is with Batman the Animated Series, there's obviously the ongoing story that's happening, but so much of that series is the episode is done and then we it doesn't reset, but you don't necessarily need to have followed episode to episode. Right. Gargoyles does a really good job and it, it sort of and you can see how it shows in this TV movie slash broken up into episodic that they are going for the much more long form storytelling. And so you kind of have to be there week to week. To yeah, the really first two and a half episodes are set in medieval Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I didn't sign up for this shit. What the hell? And I think especially like at that time, I know I'm sure that there were a lot of other episodic. I'm sure like and when I say episodic, when I'm like long form episodic uh, pieces, but most of them were most cartoons were following that like that model that we were talking about with Batman, that idea of the like, okay, after this episode, it either resets or you don't need to worry about it. Except maybe later on there might be like a little homage, there might be a little like note. But really, like X Men is the only other show that I could think of doing that, and mm-hmm. Spider Man. Yeah, and even then with with Spider Man, like X Men was a lot more long form. Like, but with, that with took Spider-Man, like years. Yeah, holy crap! And if you didn't like, and if you weren't on board with their storyline, like I forget which storyline lost me for a little bit. Lady like, Deathstrike was the one that lost me. Oh, I love Jodico. Are you kidding? Okay, well, that's fine. Different tastes. Well, but, the, oh. okay. So, so the reason for that is because they they basically whoever was doing programming for Dis, mm-hmm. uh, for Fox in the nineties mm-hmm. was bad at their job because they would start a storyline. They started the the um, the Bolivar Task stuff, and then then they just wedged this new storyline in there and out of order. And I was like, what? What the shit's this? Yeah. <laughs> My dad's like, you're seven. Don't say shit. <laughs> say fuck. What the poop's this? <laughs> what if my parents just tried to get me to say worse words? <laughs> Don't say crap. Say shit. Don't like, say if shit. If you're going to say, say it, say it with meaning, Scott. <laughs> 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 Be a man. <laughs> Be a man and say shit. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Like, and I, I think. Now, especially, like, A, so many people that I've talked to who did grow up with this as, like, their main 
show, this was the thing like that really drew them in was this long form storytelling and this idea of having to follow each week because you have to, because you want to keep knowing more about these characters and you want to know more about the story that's unraveling. Yeah. And um, then in the early 2000s, you were listening in Ev Evanescence a lot because you watched Gargoyles. Wake me up inside, indeed. Uh, <laughs> Goliath did, in fact, wake me up inside uh, for a lot of people. <laughs> well, Keith David, his voice. Like, oh, that man. <laughs> do you remember a few years ago when um, uh, Jeff Bridges released uh, uh, basically bedtime stories that, that you could just... To, to promote Squarespace because they paid him. So he created mm -hmm. a website where he just read bedtime stories and talked people to sleep. I would pay good money to have Keith David do that. Keith David. Okay. So I have a deep love for Keith David ever since Spawn. Um, oh, yeah. Like the Spawn, the Spawn cartoons. He was the voice of Spawn. And even then, like, I will go to bat for Keith David because he, like, when he hitches his trailer to a thing, he sticks with it. Like, Mortal Kombat 11, okay? They're downloadable content. One of them is the Terminator, yeah. who is not voiced by Arnold, who is voiced by a very poor imitation. Is it Ralph Garman? Uh, maybe, but like they definitely did not go come to from Austria. Uh, like, Hi, I like, am the Terminator. It's yeah. Bill Hader. Hey! <laughs> hey, it's the Terminator here. <laughs> um but keith david because spawn is another downloadable character and keith david is the voice of spawn like him and uh oh fuck what's his name guy from uh robocop because robocop is oh it. peter and weller peter weller came back to do the voice of robocop as well Greatest so like bag. we're talking about not gargoyles i'm so no, sorry no, but yeah no, like, it's we, we are talking about tangential well, okay things, so so <laughs> the the two things that that got me on the keith david bandwagon mm -hmm. were two very weird things they mm -hmm. live oh yeah oh yeah and there's something about mary <laughs> wait he's i forgot he was in that he's really? her, he's mary's dad oh that's right <laughs> yeah and he is so he okay him on community he in, mm -hmm. he's in the final season of community and like he is the best thing about the final season of community yeah. it's a dumpster fire but he is such a delight <laughs> i I was thinking recently, because I know that uh, Marvel has kind of not necessarily stated their intention, but they're sort of like a lot of the rumors is uh, when they do bring in the X-Men, they're looking for um, both Professor X and Magneto to be portrayed by BIPOC folks. And in my head now, all I can think is, dear God, please make Keith David Professor X. Actually, like, can, can I can I make my choice for Professor X? Keith David sure. is my Magneto. Ooh, okay, okay. Courtney B. Vance as Professor X. Ooh, who I offhand again names and me very okay. Bad. Did you watch Remind Lovecraft me. Country? Yes. The uncle. Oh shit! Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. No, I'm in. Okay. He's also Johnny Cochran in American Crime Story. Mm-hmm. Like if if he was this very kindly mm -hmm. Professor mm -hmm. X, and then Keith David is like <laughs> See, the but, Brotherhood. Okay, okay, but I think part of it is because I am very. When it comes down to it, and again, we're talking about X Men now. When I when it comes down to it, I am well, very Team David, Magneto. So. Yeah, I'm very Team Magneto. So for me, I want someone to push Magneto, like to challenge Magneto. So to me, that's Keith David is this person who's loved by many within his community, and people will listen to him. But Magneto, Magneto was right, but. <laughs> 
So I want I want it to be someone who will push Magneto, and I feel like Keith David can push Magneto. Then if you're gonna do that, then make uh, Michael K. Williams uh, Magneto and make Keith David Professor X. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> or Idris Elba is Magneto and Keith David is Professor. Ooh, I'm into this. Okay, all right. <laughs> this is yeah. This is this is okay. So 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 gargoyles. This, this so gargoyles. episode. Well, this episode's five parts long. Like yeah, we're gonna mm-hmm. be here a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the whole origin of the gargoyles. The one thing that I couldn't wrap my mind around is like as soon as David Xanatopius. Is that how you say his name? Talking about uh, Xanatos? Xanatos. Xanatopius. But it's it. <laughs> as soon as more it, Greek. <laughs> as soon as David Xanatos came on, I thought two things. Yeah, they're not even trying to hide that it's Jonathan Frakes. And <laughs> he is... a ponytail. <laughs> and he's like, he's, he's the bad guy. Like, mm-hmm. he looks like the bad guy. And Xanatos is so good. Okay, like, even just, even just from this five-episode piece, you get so many good complicated things about xanatos like yes he's the bad guy but he like uh but like he's also not but he totally is but like ah, i love i love xanatos (laughs) okay so and the other thing i I was like he he's banging demona right (laughs) like (laughs) like but like i i didn't imagine that like no. Well, I find like what I find so interesting, especially Demona, and I'm like, it, like, are you okay if we talk about this non-linearly? So folks that are maybe listening don't necessarily know a lot of the specifics, like of like, oh, this builds into this. Yeah, but it's, like we go all over the place. Yeah. So okay, there in like I think the last fifth, like in the the final part, uh, she has a gun and he is there and she's and Demona is trying to tell Goliath like. Listen, the humans are horrible. The humans are awful. The humans all deserve to die. And Xanatos is just like hanging out behind her. And A, that says everything about Xanatos because like, A, it says either I don't need to worry about this because I will just destroy them if I need to because I am that powerful and rich. Or B, he's literally that guy that's like, yeah, I don't necessarily need to say hashtag not all humans. I just know that I'm I'm different from that, right? Yes, okay, it's assumed. <laughs> I wish he was just eating an apple in that scene, like It's a good yeah. apple. <laughs> Anyone want a bagel? Bagel, bagel, Bialy? <laughs> but the other thing was also Demona is played by Marina Citrus or Citeris or how, however you say her name. Uh uh, Dina Troy from Star Trek. Oh, 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 okay. Then they, okay. Before that, I was going to say like, ah, you know, I don't know if Xanatos, because like they introduced later a character of Machavath, uh that we <laughs> learned. And like, I'm pretty sure Machavath and Demona at least tried something. Uh, but like knowing that it was Deanna Troy and, <laughs> and Riker, Riker. Yeah, they absolutely fucked. <laughs> <laughs> In a kid's cartoon. In a kid, well, you know, like, like, okay, that's the thing. You don't think about that when you're growing up. But at the same time, there are a lot of really amazing and deep themes in this that you're just like, if you're an adult, you're just like, yeah, yeah. They I, don't I need just to say picture, it, I there. picture uh, Jason Lee's character from Mallrats, Brody, watching watching Gargoyles, and he's like, hey, those two are banging. And it's like, it's a kid's cartoon. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but they are fully grown adult people and they can do whatever they want. Well, and they don't also, need to talk about it in the kids' cartoon. They, they make it very clear that the detective mm-hmm. is like in love with Goliath. Mm-hmm. 
Like they don't hide that. There's an episode uh, where she's dressed as Belle and he's dressed as the Beast. Like, <laughs> I feel like I feel like also a lot of it is as much as we we as adults are looking at this and like it's written by adults it's created by adults it's pushed for it's pushed out as a much more like young folks like very young folks can still watch this show like there's nothing in it the only thing i would say that there is in it is maybe like a lot more like weapon-based violence but like there's no reason that young kids can't watch this show well, it's the Don Blue definitely thing. yeah Don like Blue said just, anything mm-hmm. can be disturbing as long as it has a happy ending Mm-hmm. And this does have a happy ending at the end of the episode. Yeah, like most, I like in the episodes that I watched because I did watch a little bit further on too, just to just to reacquaint myself. Uh, like most of them end very happily. Like there's at least like a resolution. Nothing is necessarily like, well, everything is bad now. I guess we should just be sad. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, but like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. there's no jurassic bark episode like on futurama where it yeah, just oh. ends on the most depressing note Ooh, yeah no but like like and that's that's what i think is so interesting about the show is because it is an adult like it's not adult but it's like definitely like very young adult oriented and you didn't see a lot of cartoons for that like you started to see that's where kids would start getting into the much more like okay like even on disney channel even on like those things like live action uh stuff and they would like mess with that with a lot of other things even on nickelodeon uh but like to really try and court that very like young adult preteen i don't think the term preteen really existed back then but that like no. preteen into tween audience it's like i'm a teenager you're 12 you're a fucking kid yeah <laughs> yeah that's how we were talked to <laughs> um so in the episode the vikings are the bad guys but if, if you watch any tv show now the vikings are the good guys <laughs> well <laughs> I feel like I feel like Vikings just in general. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> still with the lips. Anyway, <laughs> I feel like Vikings now and a lot of Viking imagery. Uh, Viking imagery has always been co-opted by uh, bad actors, for lack of a better term. Um, and even then, like back then, it's just like okay, yeah, we're seeing that as like okay, they're they're like these are the bad people these are who who are coming in like in the just the idea of a viking was this like vague concept and now we've got a little bit more of an idea of who the vikings actually were we were doing like we're seeing a lot more research and part of that is because we're trying to a lot of folks are trying to dispel uh a lot of the the nordic imagery and a lot of that as like no it's not about white supremacy it's about like okay these were just like a group of people that existed and lived on boats <laughs> yeah they, they were they were nomads yeah <laughs> but okay so w- what if they found out that that the vikings were actually the good guys and they were guarding the castle of the enemy <laughs> the entire time and they're like wait what and like oh no <laughs> <laughs> oh, where's the food ah <laughs> uh, brooklyn ah uh, broadway mm-hmm. So let's let's talk about some of the characters a little bit too, yep. because I think I think the the characters because we know about Goliath. Goliath is the Keith David OP, like the the character that we all designed on our first <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons game, and just <laughs> the purple like, one, yeah, the purple one. Um, but let's like talk the, about the grayish one, <laughs> <laughs> we just color code. 
It's just like, ah, yeah, you know, like it's the Teletubbies of our time. Um, <laughs> my wife and your wife will hate this episode <laughs> just for that line. But, okay, um, we have to batten up the bananas and pajamas too. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's interesting because they start off as a lot of archetypal characters. Like, there's the the like, and many of them are comedic archetypes archetypal uh but particularly for this like they they rely on like one of them is the intelligent one that immediately picks up on technology um one <laughs> of them is the 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 cool one who eventually like goes out on a uh motorcycle and tries to befriend so a biker gang in a later episode one of them is the old one who's oh, i've had to it's like <laughs> I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh type of character. He's basically the old man. He has a dog. Yeah. There's the dog. And then there's, there's the fat one. Yeah. I see, and that's the thing. Like that period, it's just like, who is this one? This is the one that likes to eat. So let's make him fat and let's like God damn it. Okay, so the the craziest thing about mm-hmm. Brooklyn, who is the cool one. He's mm-hmm. played by Jeff Bennett, and if you've ever seen Jeff Bennett in real life, what he looks like, he looks like someone's dad. He's like kind of going bald. He's got like mm-hmm. the the beard, the full like professor beard, and mm-hmm. he's got like the horn rim glasses. And then like to hear him as Brooklyn, or uh, he's a, a cave ape on Freakazoid. Like he, oh, okay. he's also Smee now for for Disney. Like like he does so many voices <laughs> but to hear him do like a cool guy voice <laughs> it's like i mean it, it works it fits brooklyn like it really it really does um then you've also got the woman <laughs> that's how it works and of course she's evil and named demona even though like okay okay i am using reductive terms like evil but holy crap this show does a good job. And this is why, like, when we were talking about Xanatos, I'm like, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's evil. But, like, not really. But, yeah, absolutely. Is, like, they do such a good job throughout the throughout this episode, throughout this, like, movie episode alone, and then into the rest of the series of making their antagonists very understandable, even if you don't agree with them. And it's just so, like... Oh, yeah, that's ah. that's like the James Bond villain effect. You need to have Mm -hmm. a good villain or Mm -hmm. it's not going to be good. Yeah. Like Like your villain, as much as the Joker, as much as everybody loves the Joker, it's just like, who is he? He's some asshole. (laughs) It's like, that's not a villain. (laughs) Like like what we what we talked about when we did Birds of Prey is Mm -hmm. is that Harley Quinn thinks she's doing good. A Mm -hmm. villain usually thinks they're doing the right thing. Mm hmm. But they're not <laughs> like, <laughs> like what's the like there's been a, a resurgence of love for Poison Ivy, both because of her relationship with Harley Quinn and a lot of the the canon lore now, but also because it's like everyone's like, wait, so all she did was murder billionaires who are destroying the planet. How She's is she technically a villain again? A, yeah, like, how that, is she that's what villain? I like about <laughs> on Harley Quinn, like on the Harley yep. Quinn show. She they're like, she's not really a bad mm-hmm. guy. And that's the thing. I really feel like Demona is very much like the Magneto of this show because she's absolutely in that place of like, like, oh my God, like, I mean, okay, just just put yourself in Demona's shoes for a moment, okay? Again, I don't agree with her, but at the same time- Put, put myself yourself, in her wings? Put put yourself in her wings, her, her, her shoes that she's probably busted out of because of her talons. Like, she has been the one, the only gargoyle to survive for these millennia. 
when, when yeah, she had to live through everyone. disco. Yeah. <laughs> she had to live through everything. She's like, she's been there. She's been there for uh, prohibition. She's been there for, um, I'm sure other bad things happened in history, but like <laughs> communist went witch hunt McCarthyism. Yeah. That stuff, you know, the, the catch all, but <laughs> hey, you know, she was writing screenplays in the 1920s and 1950s. <laughs> There was Alex no Smithy. Dalton Trumbo. It was yeah. her. <laughs> but like, okay, but 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 seriously, like she's been living that whole time without her family. And yes, she she's been sitting there and stewing on this knowledge that as much as it's brought up to her later, like you're the one that caused this. If it wasn't for you, all of this wouldn't have happened. She's probably been sitting on that for for centuries. And suddenly now she's got to deal with it. And now she's like, of course she wants to kill all the humans. Yeah. F- fuck. Fuck. Yeah. Do you know what people uh, yeah. do today when, when they have that? They move to Williamsburg, uh, Brooklyn, and they open up an ice cream shop. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> <laughs> that That's how the series should have ended. She moves to... <laughs> See, it, Demona's okay. delights. Yeah, yeah I'm into De- that. Demona's I, delights. I, legit, yeah. legit. Hey, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. If you're listening, I will absolutely shop at Demona's delights. A, right? a gargoyles pop up ice cream shop. Yeah, I'm here for this. <laughs> but so, if this was today, if this show came out out today, like mm-hmm. they would have like the trademark, um, uh, you know, New York names. But I don't think that they would be like brooklyn or broadway i think it would be like tribeca and astoria <laughs> i'm prospect leffert's gardens <laughs> no i think well here's the thing i think some of them would definitely like i think broadway and brooklyn those ones might stay but i think queens would be in there otherwise people from queen like I, i'm curious how folks from queens reacted to the fact that there's no one named queens <laughs> like, why why didn't lexington like call himself astoria <laughs> or bed stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, meet this new gargoyle, Staten Island. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's a DJ. He lives in his mom's basement. Don't worry, he's gonna be big. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> and this is Long Island. <laughs> Hi, <I'm> Long <laughs> Island. Nice to meet you. When but, does the sun come up? I should probably get home two hours beforehand. <laughs> like, like I still don't know why they picked Hudson of all of the. That's that's it. Well, and you know he 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 explains it that it is the a very large it is a a very large and respectable river. Uh, that, well, like, well, but the way the way Ed Asner does it because she's like he, he's like you don't name rivers and she's like no that's called mm. the Hudson. Fine, mm. call me Hudson. And it's like fuck that's you, right. fine. Just like like he, yep. he's like. See, see, today, today, if if this show took place, it'd be like that's the Hudson. Sully landed on the Hudson, and he'd be like, "Fine, call me Sully." Fine, I'm Sully now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I also like it's it's so interesting just that mechanic of they've never had names except Goliath. Like, because there's there's a lot in that, both in the like, okay, well, Goliath is the leader, and therefore he is named, but that. I mean, for for lack of better terms, that just sounds like a cult. Yeah, but I also understand how they are different and they are are mythical beings. Right. I know that they're not mythical in the universe; they're real. But like, they're they're these like mythical beings, and so I understand that they will have a different set of laws and rules. But 
really just that idea of not giving yourself a name is like, I don't know. It's kind of scary to me. But later in the season with our series with other gargoyles, mm. you have like the Shakespearean gargoyles. Cause you get, um, you get Othello and you get Desdemona and Iago. Um, isn't, uh, Michael Dorn is, is Othello, right? I am going to have to go back and rewatch. Cause I don't remember any of that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Michael. I. I actually. I don't know. I kind of. No. Hope no. He Michael does. Dorn he does play else. one of the gargoyles. I just okay. can't remember if he's that one or another one. But. But I think. He, yeah. Because there. There is. I think it's Brett Spiner who plays Iago. <laughs> Will Wheaton as Troilus and Cressida. It's like no one likes you, Troilus and Cressida. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get nothing and like it. I like Wesley Crusher. <laughs> It's okay. People do. People, some people do. I didn't. I never understood the hatred for Wesley. I never really cared. I never watched that as a kid either. I so did. So for me, like growing up, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, he's the, you know, he's the, he's the, for lack of a better term, the child insert. Right. Yeah. And that's why I liked Wesley <laughs> as a kid growing up because it was like, oh, representation. There, there, there's a young Jewish boy on the ship. <laughs> and I, I, okay. So in this entire episode. I I love that when they they come to New York, mm-hmm. the way they do it is like such a it, it it reminded me of like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie like when they lift the castle up on with these helicopters and then put it on top of a skyscraper, mm-hmm. and on top of that skyscraper is uh, uh, Jonathan Frakes as Xanatos just like I did it they will come to life tonight I'm like okay this is like a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. (laughs) (laughs) See, like, oh man, I love that, especially because I'm just thinking, and again, this is the, the outside of being an actual human that has to pay bills in New York city life. But that idea of like, I will take a castle and I will put it on top of a, a giant skyscraper is like, okay, that's kind of badass. Like, I'm not gonna lie. I <laughs> yeah, can't believe I, it. no one's thought of doing that. That's badass. I know it's a kid's cartoon, but I really would like one of his henchmen to be like, fuck, you're rich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just let that out in a kid's cartoon. Fuck, you're rich. <laughs> it's like, we're doing we're doing what now? All right, I guess uh, I guess free trip to Scotland for me. <laughs> <laughs> What's it's like, you know, my uh, my kid could use some new shoes, but uh, yeah, I guess we could go to Scotland and take this giant castle and put it on top of his building. Oh, we're sure. going in August. Oh, the Fringe Festival's there. <laughs> Get some theater. <laughs> I mean, there's no shit. theater in New York. Yeah. <laughs> French Festival Theater is weird theater. You, we were there together. Yeah, right? we were there together. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we I've saw Bat Boy. Yeah, yeah, we did. Wait, Bat Boy the I musical. Saw. I didn't see that one. Oh, yeah. Oh well, I went with uh, I went with another guest, Laura mm. Fox, and I went to see Bat Boy the musical. I wish I had seen that one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, oh, we saw the hypochondriac together. Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> okay. The- before we go too far into, and again it is tangentially related to gargoyles because of scotland but if you get the chance to go to the edinburgh fringe festival you will see some amazing things you will see some weird things you will see some things that clearly 
people are putting their all into, but you and your partner are the only people in the theater, so you cannot leave. Yeah. And- <laughs> Wait, oh, you know what? We saw it together that we couldn't leave the theater because it was you, me, Laura, and I think our friend Amy, and we were the only four people in the theater extremities where they they adapted that farrah fawcett movie and we couldn't leave because we were the only four people there and they would have known it was oh see i liked the show but it was definitely very uncomfortable well because all (laughs) they did because so i after we left what they did was they were taking Different theater companies were taking 70s movies and adapting mm-hmm. them. They were doing like the the Max Fisher from Rushmore thing and adapting <laughs> adapting these movies into plays. Extremities gotta, was I gotta look into that. Like, wasn't Extremities a play beforehand? No, it was a movie, and then they adapted it into a play in the mid-90s, I think. Huh. Okay. Like mm. I'll have to look into that. Because, yeah, yeah, no. Because mm. after, after that, there was another movie that i saw on the i think it was like when harry met sally or, or something like that was a play that they put on the west end uh mm. in england and then they brought it to the fringe mm. but like after we left they were doing when harry met sally like let me tell you though let me tell you scott i feel like we should pitch this and uh maybe raise some money we should absolutely do a gargoyles adaptation and send it to edinburgh scotland <laughs> because i'm guessing that the that most of the people who would go to the fringe wouldn't know that this was a kid's cartoon. <laughs> and they uh, maybe like, here's the thing. I feel like we would get a good cross section because it has a lot like the, the fringe festival attracts all types. And so there are going to be people that are just like, Oh, it's a play about some gargoyles. This should be interesting. I wonder what they're going to cover. Other people will be like, Holy shit. I remember watching this as a kid. I got to see what they do to this. And then other people will be like, Oh my gosh, I remember this as a kid. I've got to see what they do with this. <laughs> And here, here's what we do to to give representation. Basically, all of the roles that were played by men are played by women, and all the roles that were played by women are played by men. And then that way, it's mainly an all in female cast. <laughs> I, you know, you're you're joking, but I'm down for this. No, I'm being a hundred percent serious. That's mostly just because I want to play Goliath, but I don't want to have to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> any weird bullshit with gender it's like yeah i'm goliath now baby i mean because the only character i want to play this is gonna be weird the character oh, i like go. the best and and i know Haley's probably listening to this and she's like you want to be hudson he's your favorite character i like Hudson. i like i like the father figures mm-hmm. like <laughs> obi-wan kenobi like mm-hmm. you know so so, so so, so we talked a lot about the gargoyles themselves. Uh, we should also talk about uh, Elisa Maza. Yeah. See, Elisa is also the character that, you know, she was my other favorite. Hudson and her were my two favorite characters. And for a cartoon, she broke all sorts of barriers because mm-hmm. she was Latina and she was Native American. And mm-hmm. uh, as I was telling you, they're trying to make this into a movie. Mm-hmm. Disney heard a pitch, and the person they heard the pitch from, Jordan Peele. <gasps> Jordan Peele wants to do gargoyles. I am so into that. <laughs> like, okay, because I remember us talking earlier, and you mm-hmm. were saying, like, I'm not going to, I'll wait till we're on the podcast to tell you. And I was just like, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, who could I possibly? Because I'm like, and in my head, I'm just thinking about these auteur filmmakers that I just don't give a fuck about. Like, I'm just like, <laughs> 
I mean, you don't think I'd be excited for Michael Bay? To, I mean, I would, but not. I wouldn't see it. Like, David Fincher's. Oh, I'm into David Fincher's gargoyles. That's gonna be weird as fuck. <laughs> no, David Lynch's. Oh, hey, David, Lynch, David Lynch's gargoyles. <laughs> Kyle MacLachlan is Goliath and Xanatos. <laughs> you know he would well, do it. You don't. You don't have to understand it. You just have to feel it. Okay. <laughs> But yeah, Jordan Peele. So he pitched it to the studio. And unfortunately, this was um, three years ago. The person who he pitched it to starring would have been Chadwick Boseman, which him as Goliath would have been pretty good. And unfortunately, he passed away. Mm -hmm. But I think I might have a really good Goliath. Okay. He's so David, <laughs> no, I know, I know, I no, know. No, my pitch for that is knowing Jordan Peele, what he would do is he would make <gasps> Keith David Hudson. Oh, okay. I was thinking either Hudson or Xanatos, <laughs> depending on the direction he wanted to go with Xanatos. <laughs> well, he he likes putting his comedy buddies in it, so I, I'm just now mm. picturing like Tim Heidecker. <laughs> <laughs> oh Hammer. man, he would be good too. Actually, he'd be <laughs> weird, but sure. I'm here for that. Um. So, uh, I I think that a really good Goliath would be, and hear me out, <laughs> Danny Glover. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. No, Donald Glover is actually my choice. Interesting. Because. I'm, mm-hmm. See, because I, I could kind of see him going for Brooklyn. But I'm I'm listening. I'm listening. Cause mm-hmm. if you ha, have you seen Atlanta, I've seen bits. I've seen I've seen a couple episodes. So, so there's an entire mm-hmm. episode where he, um, basically, it's him and Lakeith Stanfield, and he's not playing his regular character. He's playing this guy who is basically the equivalent of Michael Jackson. He he had the skin pigmentation thing, and. Mm he had an abusive father and he transformed himself into this completely different character. And I've seen Donald Glover do that, Mm. but, but also if we want someone who is like really serious of an actor and we don't want to go with Donald Glover, not give him a chance, Jamie Foxx, like, yeah, you know, when when he's got the right direction and he's got the right project, Jamie Foxx can do really good work. Okay. Yep. I, I, yeah, it's it's a weird choice, but we'll see. But yeah. I mean, okay. So just to, just to talk about uh, Lisa Mazza a little bit more, I know Sally Richardson. I forget if it was you or Diana or maybe you both were talking to me a lot about her because they literally just cast, like they, they were looking initially for like, okay, we need someone to play this character. So they got the best voice actor that they could find. And when they found out that Sally Sally Richardson, who voiced Elisa Maza, uh, was both Latinx and uh, of uh, indigenous background. They said, like, OK, well, then we'll make Elisa Maza that. And so they they built the character. They basically had already built a character, but they compl- they added those elements in uh, a little bit later as the, the show was progressing. And I think that was D. <laughs> that wasn't me. Oh, OK. Yeah. Because I found that out from my wife. My wife told me that, too. Oh, OK. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome, welcome to Wifecast, where Scott and Ashley just talk about their wives and the things that they love. 
Uh, anyway, uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, and I think that's really awesome. And that is one of those cases like, and you, you hear stories like that and people will immediately think that like, oh, because of something like that, every production company does that. Every group does that. And so it lends a little bit of that, like, oh, well, you know, that's because in, in Hollywood, you pick the best person for the role and then you change things. And there are cases where that happens, but more often than not, folks who are from marginalized backgrounds are denied a lot of these roles and denied ability into a lot of these spaces and so for them to literally say we're going to look for voice actor first we know the character we know what role they need to portray in the story uh, and we'll kind of fill out a lot of the other stuff later it really especially for the time period was not really heard of that well so that's no. I, I think it's awesome i'm trying to think of who else they did that oh and i thought of as we mm -hmm. were talking i thought of the perfect person to be goliath but <laughs> sterling k brown <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Remind me. I, I know that name. I know that name. Sterling K. Brown from This Is Us, from uh, Black Panther. He was uh, Michael B. Jordan's dad. Oh, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he, uh, he was in Hotel Artemis, which is a movie that mm. I actually really like. <laughs> I, I don't think I, I have not seen that one. Okay. I will, it'll, it'll be on my list. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Goldblum um. plays a mobster kingpin and Jodie Foster plays a, a nurse at this mobster hotel who fixes up beaten up guys. <laughs> <laughs> like, fixes up beaten up guys is by yeah. far the best description I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like, you know, that, that, they would get like Seth Rogen to be like Broadway. <laughs> uh, yeah. But you know, at least Seth Rogen, like that's, that's a character he can play. We've seen him do it. So, okay, sure. If you're going to, if you're going to lean into something like that and he's obviously, he's gotten himself fit. He's gotten himself in a state that he uh, no longer would necessarily resemble Broadway at the same time. Uh, yeah. If it's all CGI or if it's all like puppets which just fucking do it in puppets it'll be terrible but i'm into it <laughs> you know who i would love to see as xanatos who jimmy smits Ooh, ooh, yeah okay. right okay yeah no i'm i'm seeing that already okay yeah and he because the thing about xanatos okay if we're going to talk about this idea of like dream casting xanatos we usually has to be do that on this who's yeah like xanatos has to be someone who and this is why i think jonathan frakes actually did really well is because he's got to be someone people trust because his character is trustworthy to a lot of people he's got to be like he really is this like proto elon musk he's the evil tony stark he's this like he's very singularly motivated but he's charismatic and so people have to get behind him and someone like jimmy smith's is someone people can get behind but also has that darkness and like yeah yeah i'm I'm here for this i i i want to see jordan peele's version so bad mm -hmm. and you know that he's gonna cast keegan michael key to be lexington <laughs> like <laughs> keegan michael key is xanatos i'd see that it's just be weird but i'd see it uh anyway yeah well <laughs> You heard the story that, like, Jordan Peele in an interview is like, Keegan keeps asking me to cast him in a movie, so I think I'm going to give him a small role. Not a small part, just make him a short person. So now I'm just picturing him as Lexington because he's the smallest one. <laughs> oh, uh, he'd attack it, too. He'd, he'd do a great job. See, and I think if we we're talking about cool people to play Brooklyn, mm -hmm. I, I think it would either be, like, like he's Stanfield or David Diggs, like mm. 
Like mm. when I think of cool actors now, I think them or like Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> like it also depends on what kind of coolness because the the coolness has to be a very like upfront. Like immediately in my head, I like in my head. I actually said Robert Pattinson, and I know a lot of people are going to hate that because he was in that movie where he sparkled once. But like, no, <laughs> he, like, dude, dude, like, I'm here for his Batman. Like, I'm here after the lighthouse. I will watch him do anything. Did you see Good Time? No. I oh, didn't. he is great in Good Time. Okay. He play, him and his his brother are bank robbers, and mm-hmm. then basically, his brother gets arrested and takes the blame for him, mm-hmm. and he has to spend the next 24 hours, and they do it kind of in real time. Um, trying to get the money and trying to evade the police so he doesn't end up going to prison. Ooh. It's from the guys who did uh, hidden uh, Uncut Gems. I kept saying Hidden okay. Gems. Uncut oh, okay. Gems. I thought you were going to say Hidden Figures. That's a very different movie. <laughs> no, Uncut Gems. Okay. Um, but yeah, I can I can see Robert mm. Pattinson. I can also see Robert Pattinson as Xanatos, mm. too. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, no, I'm here. But oh, man. Okay, I also yeah. heard that he's like so difficult to work with because... Yeah it's from like a few comic book movie websites. Mm -hmm. They're claiming that like the studio and the director of the Batman are fighting with him and he didn't have COVID. What it turned out to be is when they came back from break, he had gained a ton of weight and wasn't in Batman shape anymore. And then they like Mm. sent him home, but that could be, I think it's all hearsay. Mm. I think it's just speculation to try and say there's turmoil on the Batman movie set, but yeah. I, I I will also say like I'm I'm very much a proponent of uh, I don't think I'm ever going to get big enough that I'll actually have to think about working with these folks. So I'm not necessarily <laughs> going to sit here and blast them. At the same time, I'm also like, yeah, eh, if they're difficult to work with, that's somebody else's problem. Just yeah. make, make it work. Make it work. Billion dollar director. Like, <laughs> Boo hoo! Robert Pattinson's mad at you. Make it work. You're getting paid a billion dollars. I know yeah, that's you very made a bunch callous. of monkey movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Matt Reeves and your. <laughs> Damn Dirty Apes, <laughs> which I actually love the Planet of the Apes franchise. Like I've, I've heard, heard, I've heard great things. I still haven't sat down so and watched good. them, but I've heard they're amazing. Okay, but um, yeah. Well, so ask- jo- oh, I'm still on the Jordan Peele thing. I just like okay. when I heard that, like my brain broke. And mm. honestly, knowing Jordan Peele, he said he would never cast himself in a movie, but I could see him playing Goliath. Yeah, I could see Jordan Peele playing Goliath. I also understand that idea of like, uh, I don't want to be in my own material. Uh, like, I get that. I get that a lot. So it's like, yep, I can see. Like, but I can also mm-hmm. see him being like, well, it's motion capture and it's mm-hmm. just really my voice. I, I'm i curious because we have to kind of look at it from a, this is how it was released, but we are consuming it now perspective. Uh did you feel like because we sat like I sat down and watched it mostly in one straight shot. I think after episode three, I took a break and then did some other things. But did you feel like it either lost something by being created in a way that it could be broken up into multiple 20 minute episodes? Or do you think it was enhanced? Like, did, did it take away from it being a made for TV movie? Or do you think it was now, actually now you got my brain going like I'm making yeah. weird faces. You probably think I'm having a stroke, but you're, you're good. <laughs> Just tell me if you smell toast, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I taste pennies. Um, no, um, honestly, I don't know. I wish that like on Disney Plus, because I'm guessing mm-hmm. is that how you watched it? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish there was just a section on Disney Plus where it had like season one and then like before it, it had like the movie, the, mm-hmm. the TV movie. I would have preferred mm-hmm. for it to just be one straight shot so that I would watch it like an actual movie. Mm-hmm. I think that the reason why, so what I did was um, I watched the final three back to back to back, but I watched the first two at the beginning of September and I was like, I'm just going to watch it all now. Mm. And then I just lost interest. <laughs> like, like I was like, just didn't. <laughs> yeah. I was like, we're not recording this till much later. So, <laughs> um, mm. yeah, I, I think that like breaking it up was not a good idea. Mm. I think they should have done what they did for, um, like you remember when Firefly came out, so funny enough, uh, I I don't, and I had to be told, hey, this exists. Here's the DVD box set, and then watching it and be like, oh, why did this get canceled? It's like because you didn't watch it. I'm like, wow, that's oddly specific, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, <laughs> like, just, this is just because Ashley wasn't there. Wow, I didn't realize um, the Ashley ratings was a thing. <laughs> and um, so when that that came out they released the first step most of joss whedon's stuff Mm. the first episode of a joss whedon show is a mini movie and they release it as such they do it as this big event um and firefly was a on a friday night from eight to ten they did this they did this Mm. you know serenity firefly movie special Mm. And I think because they did it as one thing, it was more special. And that's what they did with Gargoyles. They should have just kept it that way. Mm. Don't break it up. Don't add the opening and mm. the closing. Well, and, and I think because especially if they're going to pump a bunch of money into it, like their intent, like, and I, I'm sure you already know this, but just to, just to state it, like the intent is like, okay, we're going to have to figure out a way to break it up so that we can release it. Like when we, when we put it into syndication, because that's most of where a lot of their money, particularly for that period would have probably come from right? Uh, is the syndication rights. So if they did that and they didn't have the origin story in a consumable way that people could like watch from week to week, well, it probably would have hurt the product in the in this like capitalistic like only like produce like producerial uh, perspective <laughs> well okay so because it was disney channel they do on disney channel do have commercial blocks so mm-hmm. they could do it that way that's how they normally do their tv movies mm-hmm. um but then in syndication yeah that's how you do it but when it's on disney plus mm-hmm. just do the original clump together movie special because mm-hmm. i would have yeah because i i like i'm curious about it because like if i could watch it because even then like we didn't uh necessarily like again like we'd have to like keep clicking after every episode so there was like a little bit of a distance but also i am <laughs> skip I the next episode <laughs> yeah yeah it's like just jump to the next one but like i'm also the type of person that hates when a show does a trailer for the next episode at the end of their episode because I don't want to know. I want to walk in knowing nothing and being surprised because I've had the surprises ruined for me too many times because like literally if like legit like viewers, you might viewers, listeners, ear viewers, you might be <laughs> ear people, <laughs> ear people. You might 
you might benefit from this. Like literally when a trailer comes on and I've seen it before and I know I'm definitely going to see that movie, I literally just either walk out of the room or like put fingers in my ears, bend down and just like wait until I'm pretty sure it's done because I don't want to have that ruined for me. And so like when a thing's on next time, even if even if it's Keith David, it's like next time on Gargoyles. It's like, no, fuck you. Fuck you, Keith David. Stop that. That's like, stop why telling me what's going on. That's why I loved when Arrested Development did that. It was always fake stuff that was yep. never in. <laughs> and Buster moves mm. to the kitchen. <laughs> but that's the, not the... my trick, Michael. Next time in Arrested Development, it's my illusion. Because <laughs> the first time I realized that that was a problem, and mm-hmm. it was Back to the Future Part Two. Because they mm. end Back to the Future Part 2 on such a dark note, and mm. you're like, oh God, what's going to happen? And then they do the trailer for Back to the Future Part 3 right after, like right before the credits. <laughs> you mean watching it on, on television or wait? like They they still do it. If you if you watch it on uh, Amazon Prime, on Vudu, oh. on whatever, there's still the trailer for Back to the Future Part 3. It's like... Marty's got to go back to the old west. (laughs) See all your favorites. Doc, Marty, Buford Tannen, (laughs) Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Thomas F. Wilson, and introducing Mary Steenburgen, who already has an Academy Award at this point, as Clara. (laughs) Like, (laughs) she just needed a paycheck, folks. No, uh, but yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think there is something that reminded me this was created in an episodic format and i would have exactly like you say loved to have just been able to like sit and watch it start to finish uh there was a there's a youtube video that i was watching (laughs) as weird as this tangent is uh all about the uh history of clowns in horror and (laughs) they were talking about this one film that was just done poorly like fairly recently and literally at the end of every scene is just cut to black and I had never like I don't do that in my video editing, but at the same time, I like I like to have someone actually explain why that doesn't work because it literally like pulls you out of every scene and you're just like, oh, there's a finality to this, like subconsciously and like see, having to click to the next episode and having to like hear next time on Gargoyles, it pulled me out of the story that they were they were creating. But I also see how each one of them is the like we have to tell this story and we have to end that part of it by this point so that we can move to the next thing like part one is all scotland then part two is like hey you're awake (laughs) (laughs) uh these people they they totally stole my thing you should you should go you gotta go get i'm your friend (laughs) that's a terrible xanatos impression but like hey it's me xanatos I sound like Barty from The Simpsons. <laughs> hey, Goliath, you should go get me some chips. Xanatos, <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your cummerbund? I fell in the toilet. <laughs> oh, Don't cry for me. I'm already dead. <laughs> um, this, is, this is the casting Jordan Peele needs to do. Barney from The Dan, Simpsons. Dan Castellaneta. <laughs> No, not even the real human. Just animate Barney from The Simpsons into this live action. I'm going to ruin Jordan Peele's Gargoyles. <laughs> I mean, no, no Jordan Peele. He's probably going to use a lot of people that he used for um, previous movies. Like, Demona, I can totally see. Lupita and Nyong'o, 
mm. as Demona. Um, or if you See, want want to make I'm, her really crazy, Allison Williams. <laughs> like, wait, which one's Allison Williams? Oh, from man, Get I'm Out. Oh, okay. <laughs> Fruit Loops in in uh, a glass of milk with a straw. That's how you know she's crazy. <laughs> Eating dry Fruit Loops and milk with a straw. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Elizabeth Moss is Demona. <laughs> so, like, because before this, Disney was gonna do a Gargoyles movie, and they were mm-hmm. gonna. They were gonna do like Barry Sonnenfeld or, or someone who would have been like a really weird choice, hmm. like Barry Sonnenfeld who did Adam's Family Values and Adam's Family and Men in Black. I I mean I kind of see it like I but it would have been campy. It would have been weird. Like I I don't know if I would have liked it, but I kind of see it. I get where they would why they would say this is a good choice. I want to see the Coen Brothers gargoyles, or Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson's gargoyles. Oh man, who do I know who makes films? Guillermo del Toro's gargoyles would be. Like he was another thing. person that they wanted. Oh, see that like that's a fucking cool idea. But he's he's constantly on the like, hey, you know what would be great? Let's get this person. Hey, let's leak it to the press that we're talking to this person, and literally nothing comes of it, and everybody's like, where? Where is this thing? This I want it for my childhood memory base. I gotta pull it up, but like mm-hmm. he, they just announced his his stop motion, um, Pinocchio, and it was like the weirdest cast. I think it's like Daniel Radcliffe and Tom Waits. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> hey, also, it's I'm me, just, Geppetto. I'm just I'm always here for Daniel Radcliffe too. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta find it. Uh, oh no, it's uh, it's Ewan McGregor as the cricket, as <laughs> Jiminy Cricket, and I think it's still Tom Waits as Geppetto. I'm so here for this. It's so fucking weird. Uh, I made a boy out of wood. <laughs> I just I want to see Tom Waits do as many parts that he has no G- give Tom Waits his Marvel character. Okay. Do you, li- <laughs> you listen to uh the Punch Up the Jam podcast where they no. redo songs like they they go through a song and they analyze it bit by bit mm-hmm. and then they make it better. And they did Mr. Jones by the Counting Crows as a Tom Waits song. <laughs> <laughs> I like and it. it was so good. But like Oh, make Tom Waits Hudson. Like, <laughs> I guess my name's Hudson now. Mm-hmm. Free the oh, you would name a river, would you? <laughs> Tom Waits needs to be in more shit. <laughs> Alan Alda as Hudson. Waits and me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I I want to see Alan Alda now as Hudson. But. Uh. Okay, so the other thing with this episode is, mm-hmm. like, in true 90s fashion, if you needed someone to do a voice of a dog or, like, a beast dog, you always got Frank Welker mm. back in the 90s. And that's that's who is the voice of Bronx. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I just want, I want him to be like, you know, I went to Juilliard, right? Like... <laughs> 
that's what uh that's what alan tudyk said and uh oh that's right i forgot about that yeah yeah, yeah. when he was doing moana and he was the he was voice of the, the chicken, chicken noises yep and he's making chicken noises and he goes i went to juilliard <laughs> <laughs> but in this episode like the whole thing is that they were mad that they were betrayed by you know uh the the scots and then they get betrayed by xanatos mm-hmm. and it's like are you really shocked that xanatos really double crossed you all the guys who attacked you are wearing his uniforms and then when you go on to all of these other like when they go onto the sky plane and and to the underground lair everyone else is wearing yellow and i was just waiting for like broadway or lexington to be like hey these guys have different costumes than the guys who attacked us guys who attacked us actually had xanatos outfits I mean, to be honest, they didn't know at the time what Xanatos's outfits looked like. And, you know, we're looking at this with Scott. We're looking at this with 2020 vision. OK, we know already that Xanatos isn't to be trusted. OK, but imagine waking up after a couple th- like a thousand year old nap and being told like, hey, how's it going? I'm a good guy and I freed you like <laughs> I'm. I, I give them a lot of benefit of the doubt. And I also forgot that like what was going on. I knew it wasn't right, but I forgot exactly what was going on when I rewatched. So I was yeah. like, also oh, okay. seeing old school floppy disks. Oh yeah. That was hilarious. It's like today. These would be SD cards mm-hmm. <laughs> or flash drives <laughs> today. It'd be in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How do we get into this cloud? <laughs> All right. We mostly glide on air currents, but if we start from a high enough height, we might be able to enter the cloud. No, it's in a computer, Goliath. A computer in the clouds. No. Fascinating. <laughs> it's on this laptop. <laughs> I don't know why we went into Zoolander. <laughs> wow, it's in the computer. <laughs> That's who you get to be Brooklyn. You want cool? Mm. You get Owen Wilson. Wow, I'm on a motorcycle. <laughs> what is this? A gargoyles for ants? Yeah. <laughs> so uh i i love how uh right away i'm gonna i'm just gonna start calling her the detective because i'm a huge loser for fan and anytime i see a strong female character who's a detective i just automatically go full lucifer i'm like detective (laughs) so i i love when she's like yeah this guy's a bad guy but he has really cool gargoyles like (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's like willing to help him and i love how she's like so fascinated and kind of has a crush on on um goliath right away she's like i'll see you later tonight wink mm. and demona's like what the fuck was that <laughs> well and, and i think especially with with a show like this and especially where they're courting this again it the term didn't really exist back then but like preteen tween audience they needed kind of this like the insert needs to be romantic in some way and even though it wasn't necessarily looked at as like and again like i haven't completely done a i haven't done a complete rewatch of the series just yet so there could be a lot of things i am forgetting but like that kind of closeness i think the the other thing is like we look at closeness and this is again like a series of other artists creators writers producers etc etc that's going through it Like, if we look at the bare bones of their relationship, they are really good friends. And I say that I say that as a queer person and queer people are always like looked at in history as like, oh, they were really good friends. Wow. What good friends they were. Wow. They 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 had some real trust as roommates. But like, 
really like, but kind of going on the other end of that with this, they have a really good, strong, close friendship. And I think a lot of people do read a close friendship as a relationship when two characters are of uh, opposite binary sexes. So, yeah, but but how how mean would it be if he, like Goliath falls in love with her and she's like, "But you're like my best friend." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would hate that because <laughs> the friend zone doesn't exist, and Goliath is helping Elisa Maza for reasons other than just sex, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> But but he finally found love after being betrayed. <laughs> this is like we're writing fan fiction as this podcast goes on. This is the most aggressive fan fiction I've been a part of in a while. I haven't been a part of the fan fiction circle in a while, so it's been, it's been <laughs> Actually, minute, look like, up yeah. fan fiction right now and you'll see that I'm not that aggressive. <laughs> You're just like, whoa, Jesus Christ. Oh, God. Oh, God. Mr. Belvedere? <laughs> Oh, but yeah, but like, I, I think, but I think that that's a real thing. I think that honestly, like if we really look at this, cause I know that we've, we've joked a little bit about like coupling on this, sh- uh, amongst the characters on this show. Uh, but like, you know, in all honesty, like I think that people, when they see a close friendship on screen, and again, this is also because it's passed down from multiple writers, multiple animators, multiple producers, multiple directors. Uh, but we, we look at two characters of, opposite binary sexes as close and we immediately assume they're going to bang and i think that's a thing that like we we can kind of look at and unpack for the future but there is a chemistry and i think that like that is true amongst goliath and elisa maza uh that there is a chemistry there i just i i i want to hold off on the idea that they want to bang as much i'm not as saying possible. they want to bang i'm just saying that she's falling in love with him she stayed at in, she stayed in the sketchy area of central park all night and all day to protect him i'm just like saying. a good friend would like a like a friend who's worried that their friend is vulnerable would I think Desdemona and and Elisa Maza want to want to have a relation have a relationship whether that is an adult relationship or whether that is a hold hands and be on the screen romantic relationship. Okay, all right. That's that's what I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Xanatos and Goliath. Oh, Xanatos and Goliath. Are you kidding me? I'm sure there is fan fiction about that. Yeah, probably. I I yeah. think when. So with my virtual background of <laughs> Goliath turning back, I think mm-hmm. I saw like someone photoshopped an image of them kissing. Yeah. <laughs> See, no one's no one's talking about the clear romantic and sexual tension between Goliath and Xanatos, and it's there. <laughs> Just look for it. <laughs> or Hudson and the Scottish King, who is also played by Ed Asner. <laughs> Like they they have multiple people mm-hmm. play. I mean, they have the same. Yeah, why aren't we talking? Roles. Why aren't we talking about the 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 Scottish King from a few from a past episode? Okay, no, from a future episode that takes place doing backstory in the past. Why aren't we talking about that relationship? Because like, oh, they were just really good friends. Oh, they're just roommates. Oh, he's just a gargoyle and he's the king. It's like <laughs> they banged. That's all I'm saying. They banged. 
I'm sorry. I've ruined this podcast. Don't worry. <laughs> That's what editing's for. So, so I just cut it. I just cut together you saying, "Scott, you are so cool." Like, <laughs> I w- okay. I am gonna give you the assets to do that, and you absolutely need to do that. But keep this description in the here. Okay, Scott. I just want you to know that because if you are going to do this, I mean, that would not be cool. Okay. (laughs) Scott, you are so cool. Okay, Scott, you are cool. I want this. I want this to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Scott, you are so cool. I am going to give you a giant cake for your birthday. (laughs) Oh my God. I have to figure out how to work all those words into multiple (laughs) sentences. Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no th- this isn't like the simpsons hello smithers you're good at turning me on <laughs> uh you should probably ignore that <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't get enough of her sweet sweet can yep. <laughs> no mr simpson no <laughs> oh. so so some of the writers for gargoyles also wrote for the simpsons like did in i this fuck time up period- your way of pronouncing gargoyles did i did i ruin that for you <laughs> gargoyles did i do that so sorry yes so many of the writers were writers on the simpsons <laughs> and the gargoyles and the gargoyles but, but like if you if you look at all the people who wrote for kids cartoons in the 90s mm-hmm. and like i think charlie kaufman wrote he, i know he wrote for in living color but mm. i think he also wrote an episode of the critic and like the people who wrote for King of the Hill also wrote like episodes of Animaniacs. It's like mm-hmm. mind blowing. I mean, the, the the very much like voice acting as well. Like the circles are very small, and so if you know people that can do it and know what they're doing, uh, they'll probably bring you in. Even if it's like again, like okay, it's an adult animated piece. Great, just hear some words. Maybe don't say them, and we'll fix them. We'll we'll change them the the edits. Uh, so it, it it would make sense if they they brought in a bunch of folks who have written for other, uh, maybe even more adult animated pieces uh and again because they're courting like a little bit more of an like a more like again this preteen, this tween audience like to just be able to say like okay tweak it a little bit because we can't necessarily have them having a, a marriage problem but like you know uh, uh charlie we have to reword this we can't have lexington telling goliath to get off his ass it's like all right well what would you say i don't know get off your duff yeah there you go <laughs> I don't. I don't like how you worded this. You can't call. You can't call Demona a cold hard bitch. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, you are cold, you witch. <laughs> I just want the one person who just can't do it, and he's like, I- "I'll show myself out." <laughs> I mean, the dialogue in this is is very well written and good. Mm-hmm well written and like dark not good I, it's good but i think dark. i think the honestly the the best thing that you can say about a piece is it's the, about its writing is it's good <laughs> yeah well I, i'm thinking but at yeah. the same time this came out telling this like story of you know deconstructed and reimagined history Mm-hmm. At the same time, on another channel, you had Animaniacs making the dirtiest joke about fingerprints. Do you remember that joke? <laughs> I don't think you would like that. <laughs> or what was what? What did she say again? Okay, what so it was. Uh, 
we need to find Prince. And she mm-hmm. she's holding Prince. And no, fingerprints. And she goes, you wish. Ah, uh, that was it. Or I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. And like, that that's what always like baffled me with, with writing for cartoons. Because in my opinion, the greatest Batman movie ever made is batman Fa- mask yeah i can't talk the greatest mask batman the movie ever made is mask of the phantasm mm-hmm. it like hits all the marks it tells the story of of bruce wayne losing his parents it goes to year one without really going into year one and then it continues with him as a well-established batman mm. I, gargoyles I, this does the same thing <laughs> like yeah yeah like and that's and that's what i think drew a lot of people to gargoyles is everyone is so complicated and even like goliath has moments where he's going to hurt a human and either the humans either like he is he's always talked out of it and then the humans do something and then they they like in the first part they fall to their death and goliath just screams i can't even have my reference and it's just so visceral and so like oh like you know we've never been there we've never been a five ton stone (laughs) human stone being that can glide and is going to murder a king and (laughs) and a viking but we've you know like i've been there where it's just like i can't even like i've been robbed of even just getting the satisfaction of knowing someone who hurt me is like I, I oh I just I feel yeah, it. We've feel all been there. <laughs> like <laughs> like Yeah. Like, oh like Yeah, I'll tell you a story after we're done recording, but like <laughs> Fantastic. So so as we wrap this up, uh how many bagels do you give this episode? Or movie, TV movie, or whatever we're calling this hodgepodge. Yeah. I I I mean on my end. Uh, if I, you know, if we, if we're going by the, the bagel metric, all the bagels would still be left in the basket. Cause I, I like, I might take a bagel just because there is a certain extent that like, again, because we had to watch it in this way that like pulled me out after every single act, if we're looking at it as a five act structure. Uh, so in that way, like I might've grabbed a bagel during those act breaks, <laughs> but, <laughs> but really like most of the bagels would still be in the basket. Yeah. I'm taking out three uh one for breaking it up like this and two because when they broke it up like this episodes two and three are really like unnecessary Mm. and it just makes this longer than it has to be Mm. so yeah so ash is there anything you want to promote uh, yeah, I'm doing entirely too many things. Uh, so the main things I'm doing, you can check out my podcasts, the Is It Transphobic podcast uh, at isittransphobic.com. You can also go to patreon.com slash isittransphobic. You get uh, episodes released one week before the public, and we're doing interviews with a lot of really interesting folks uh, that you will get one month before the public. Uh, I'm also doing a... It had been a stage combat vaguely inspired by pro wrestling show but is now uh just doing a bunch of digital stuff because we are in this world where we can't physically interact so we're we're doing a monthly web series uh which we are doing 
at the day of recording, we're going to be doing a watch party tonight, uh, but for the October episode, uh, but that'll be available on our YouTube, uh, which you can find at scowlfight.com. And also you can watch our viewer parties. I think they will be able to stay up on Twitch. We do them at twitch.tv. Man, I'm bad at Twitch. Twitch.tv slash scowlfight. Awesome. And you can listen to my other podcast, Hell is a Musical, on the Zero Science Network. Uh, we just are about to release uh, the November episode, which is going to be a mighty wind. And um, Lil's picked that one out, and I think you guys will <laughs> enjoy it. That's, um, when, that's actually when we got to do on is the transphobic now that i think about it not to give away the goat but like <laughs> um yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh yeah you can find us on instagram twitter all that good stuff no one goes on the facebook please like the facebook place place um <laughs> facebook is a fucking hellscape anyway but yeah but go on the facebook and like the facebook <laughs> yeah yeah i had so i had someone I'm like, oh, I got a ton of people. I'm like, did you pay for it? Because those aren't real people. Those aren't real <laughs> likes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, Ash, thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about gargoyles. And now I can't wait for both of our wives to start a podcast where they just talk about the things that we love. <laughs> <laughs> so the sting, Back to the Future, and Bill and Ted. <laughs> So, Haley, what are your thoughts on professional wrestling? <laughs> I personally watch it sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think my wife would be like, I've seen Glow. <laughs> I now I just want this. Okay, April Fools, Scott, Scott, we got to do this April Fools. Okay, Haley and Diana just talk about pro wrestling for an hour. <laughs> See, I I know less about pro wrestling and more about like 1980s, early 90s kickboxing. (laughs) So how do you feel about Benny the Jet Rodriguez? Like, Like, I like his theme song. (laughs) Benny and the Jets. That's what I'm imagining. Why would you enter anything else? What's going to enter you? Welcome to the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Welcome, Benny the Jet Rodriguez. Welcome to the jungle. We got for the games. What if he is dressed sense. as Elton John? But oh my God, yes. Dun, dun, dun. See, I'm into this. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye.